anti-ethical, eth, ethical, but that's bad. We want one ethic here. Ethni- ethnical, yes, there you go. There you go. Wait, no, it's voy, voy. So, olidar? There you go, multicultural. That's the word right there. All right. We are in a new sermon series starting today, uh, and it is True Love Waits. Right today, we're talking about single living. Everybody say, True Love. Say, Espera. Perate. Say, perate. That's right. How do you say wait in German? That Duolingo is not working out. All right, for sure. Love you, bro. All right, we have uh, four true love waits. We're going to have a bunch of testimonies of awesome couples coming uh, in the church. They're going to come. They're going to share their testimony of uh, just how, they came, how Christ brought them together, right, who they were, right, you know, how they got married, just how that went down, and uh, we have actually an awesome couple here today, right? So without further ado, I welcome to you the Johnsons, Will and Hannah Johnson, with their two lovely babies. Awesome. Give another hand clap as they make their way. They are both deacons in the church. Awesome brother and sister right here. Well, brother and sister, they're not brother and sister, but they're bro- our brother and our sister. I want... Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I just want to make sure that. They're awesome, though. Uh, they have a lot to share, so I just want you guys to listen to them, be respectful, and uh, just as they're speaking, right, highlight some things that you would like to no. see maybe when you find... <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> when you find that special someone. So here you go. We are Will and Hannah Johnson. Yeah, come here. It's past your bedtime. Yeah, it's bedtime right now. Um, we've been married for about three and a half years. It'll be four years in July. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been through it together for two years now. Um, but we met officially December 2017. We met through an app. I know, crazy, an app. <laughs> Our last church had this, it was called the Connect app, and their idea, it was like a seven-campus church, and their idea was to connect all the single people, because there was a lot of us singles, and the pastor was like, come on, let's get you guys together. So they created this app. I was very much at a place in my life where I was like, you know, I really like being single. I've kind of figured out my thing. I was, I had just finished grad school, I think. Yeah, I had just finished grad school. I was kind of planning my life around just being single and doing my thing with my career. And, but I was a small group leader at my last church, and so they asked everyone if they were single to join this app. So I said, okay, out of obedience, I will do that. And then Will had a friend who was helping to develop the app, and they had asked him if he would join this app so he could, like, you know, check to see if there was any bugs. It was super buggy. So Will was on it to try to, like, you know, help them develop it a little bit more. And somewhere along there, he said hi to me. He said, hey, Hannah, how's your week been? And I said, hey, Will, it's been a week. And God's funny. God's funny. His timing is always perfect. I had just, so I, previously, a few years ago, I was a Chicago police officer. And he messaged me the second day of the academy. And I had told God, I said, I am not going to meet anyone while I'm in the academy. I'm just going to stay single. I need to focus. I thought I was going to, you know like number one in my class, which didn't happen. It's fine. It's fine. But I had all these goals, and I didn't want someone to distract me. But God sent Will. Will said hi to me, and I was like, you know, this guy, like, there's nothing really wrong with him. So I just (laughs) kept on talking with him. And he was, you know, texting me on this app, and it was super buggy. And I kept saying, like, wow, this is so annoying. I have to scroll up. I have to scroll up. And he, like, wasn't getting the hint that I was trying to get him (laughs) to give me his phone number. Eventually he did. Eventually he did. It was a very long week of being on this app. But <laughs> Let me just say, she kept saying, I was like, hey, it would be nice to meet sometime. She's like, I'm sick. And I was like, hey, we should get together sometime. She's like, yeah, when I'm feeling better. And I was like, hey, we should hang out. She's like, yeah, I'm not feeling good. 
So I was getting mixed signals. It wasn't just, you know. So I, I, I was actually sick. Like, I threw up while I was at the academy. I had a double ear infection. It was a whole thing. I was actually sick. Anyways, he finally, um, you know, started texting me. And then we went on our first date, December 2nd. And this is a tip, a tip for all the guys out there. One of his, he was going to take me to coffee. And one of his coworkers, or your friend, told him, if you take a girl to coffee, you're just going to be her friend. If you really want to date her, you got to take her out to dinner. So he took me out to a wonderful Italian restaurant called Pasta de Arte. He picked me up. He was the one who picked me up at my house, drove me over there. And I mean, obviously, you know, be wise with who you're getting in the car with, but he was trusted because he was from church and you had to like be vetted to be on this app. So I was like, yeah, I trust this guy. So that was our first date. And after that date, I knew I loved him. I knew I was going to marry him. I wrote him a letter. Obviously, I couldn't tell him that I loved him. So I wrote him a letter to tell him that I loved him. And in the letter, I said, you're either going to read this one day or it'll be burning in a fire. One of the two. Either read it or it'll be kindling. <laughs> and he got to read it on our wedding day. So throughout our time of dating, I had written him all these letters about my feelings for him and how much I loved him and all that cute stuff. One thing I want to say is that we were both at a place where we were happy with being single. And I think that's really important. Um, we'd both been in seasons of our life where we weren't. And in the months leading up and the years leading up to meeting Hannah, um, you know, I, I hadn't been living for the Lord. I hadn't been seeking the Lord. In the years, the couple years leading up to meeting Hannah, God started really working in my heart and started drawing me near to him. And God said, if you want to, and I, I was asking the Lord, I'm like, Lord, please provide me a godly woman. And he's like, if you want that, you need to learn to love me the way that I, you should love your wife. And learning to seek God's heart and learning to be faithful to God in my every thought, my every action and what I did. And that was so important. And if I hadn't been doing that, I wouldn't have been ready to meet Hannah. We both went to the same school together for grad school. We never saw each other. And I praise the Lord that we didn't because I wasn't ready to meet her yet. And God was working in my heart. And I was still working on, I was seeking the Lord, but he wasn't ready for me to meet Hannah yet. And when we met, we weren't looking for, we weren't looking to be on an app. Um, my coworker asked me to install it. I had no interest. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and I was like, I got rid of all those apps. I don't want anything. <laughs> I'm not looking for a relationship right now. I'm just seeking the Lord. And so for, for me, it was, I didn't really have an interest, but I was satisfied in the Lord, and I was satisfied with my walk with him, and I wanted to seek the Lord more, and I thought that God would just flip a switch and be like, okay, now you're ready, um, and, you know, with this, it, the Lord showed me that this was, this was the one that he was bringing into my life, um, but Hannah was in the same place as well. We, well, I'm done. <laughs> Hannah was in the same place where she was seeking the Lord, and she wasn't looking for a relationship at that time. She was seeking the Lord. And so we were both ready to meet each other because we were seeking God and trusting in his timing. And I can't say enough about that. That was, that was amazing. But um, you want to say something? So we were 25 when we met, right? Yeah. Or you had just turned 26? Yeah. yeah. So we were like 25, 26 when we met. And we both, well, for me anyways, like growing up, I thought I'd get married by 20. I thought I'd have 10 kids by now, and that's, that's just what I thought, but it didn't happen, and like looking back, I'm so thankful that the Lord protected me the way he did, and I want to encourage you in that it's okay, it's good to wait, it's okay to wait. Um, God will bring someone for you when it's your time. I mean, you can't just sit there. Obviously, I had to take steps of going on the app and saying yes to a date, but the Lord protected me from so much had I not listened to him the summer before, there was this guy that my friends had wanted me to date, and I just had no interest in him at all, and I thought, well, I guess this is the only one for me, and I just felt like if everyone else is dating and getting married that I just, I had to settle, but absolutely not. On our first date, I told Will, I said, told him I was in the academy, but he has to put you down for a second. It's really heavy. I don't know why. Um... I had told him I was in the academy, that I didn't want distractions, and that in my life I was going to do foster care with or without him. And at that point, I thought I'd maybe live in like Inglewood or in the South Side. It didn't happen. That's fine. But he was okay with it. And I told him, if you're not interested, that you can just move on, and that's what I'm going to do. 
that's what the Lord had laid on my heart at a young age, and and Will said, okay, and then when we were ready, he was actually the one to apply for foster care, and here we are. We have two amazing little kids. This is how Hannah said it. She said, if you distract me from the academy, you're gone. If you get in between, yeah, you're gone. You lose. <laughs> if you distract me from my walk with the Lord, you're gone. <laughs> if you distract me from my family, you're gone. <laughs> if you don't want to do foster care, you're gone. <laughs> and I said, okay. But I was at the point where I knew that it was God's hand over us getting I knew it was God's hand over us getting together, and I knew it was God's hand even from the very beginning. Um, I knew that God's hand was in it all. I knew that he was blessing it, um, and it was amazing to seek him through that. Um, but I didn't fear any of those things that seemed, you know, a little bit different or things. There were things that I wanted as well. Um, but when she said those things, I wasn't afraid of that. I wasn't afraid because we wanted to pursue a godly relationship together. And I told her in the first Basically, on the first date, I told her that I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to date just to date. I wanted to pursue um, a relationship with the mindset of marriage. Um, we were married. Now, keep in mind, we were 25. Um, but we were married within seven months of when we met. And I can't say enough about when you know, when, when you're mature and when you're at a place in life where, you know, we had both finished school and grad school. We'd gone through a lot of things in life that had brought us closer to the Lord, closer to family, closer just through various things. Um, but in that seven months, we kind of lost two of our grandparents, and we had transitions with jobs for both of us. And we had stuff that was really tough, but it brought us closer to each other and closer to the Lord. Um, so that conflict really helped in that time. It was good to have conflict where we worked through things, and we sought the Lord, and we drew closer to each other. Um, but be ready to seek the Lord fully in your relationship. Be willing to surrender that to the Lord. One thing that I prayed with Hannah was, Lord, if this is going to be a distraction from my walk with you, Lord, then break it off and help this to not be, if this isn't from you, I don't want to pursue it. And that's a really hard prayer to pray because selfishly I wanted to say, I want this no matter what. <laughs> and so sometimes I'm like, God, I really want this, so please don't grant that. <laughs> but I, I prayed. I said, Lord, if this isn't from you, if this is going to interfere with my walk with you, I don't want it. And, and so I always prayed to protect Hannah's heart and her, to protect her heart, to protect her mind, and to always leave the relationship better off than if I had even been there in the first place. And if you go into a relationship with that, with the mindset of always bringing the person closer to Christ, that's going to change how you interact with each other. It's going to change how you interact in purity and in just in what you do together and how you win together, how you bless other people together. And if you pursue a relationship with that mindset, God's going to bless that. If he's at the center of it all, he's going to bless the relationship. Uh, yes. Okay, our timeline. So we met in, he started talking to me in November on that app. We met in December. We were engaged in June, and then we were married in July. We had a small little backyard wedding that my mom and dad put together for us. We were going to go to the courthouse, which, I mean, that's that's your own decision. But we just wanted, we just wanted simple. We were just ready to be together, and it was perfect. For us, and during that time, during our time of dating, we were really intentional. We had like this long list of questions of things to go through, and it's so important to know who you're marrying and to make sure that there's not hidden things and hidden sins. And we were very intentional that we'd be open with each other in that, and we we just we went through it, and it was great. And I can't talk any higher than just anymore about the Lord. I mean, I don't know what I'm saying. He's so heavy. He's so hard to hold. <laughs> um, but trusting the Lord and following him and not giving into sin and temptation as you're dating and chasing someone, I just, again, I just thank the Lord that he kept me through my first 25 years of life. Um, of course, there's forgiveness if you've made mistakes, but that instant gratification and that instant pleasure is worth nothing compared to waiting for the Lord and waiting for the person when you're married and doing things under the Lord like he has called us to. Um, yeah, anything else? I don't know. Going on dates and everything is great, but it's important to get to know the person that you're dating. And from a very early stage, so Canna's grandpa was dying when we first met. And from a very early stage, we knew that we wanted to get married. We knew that we wanted to pursue it with the mindset of getting married, even if we, even if it didn't work out. 
And so we got a marriage, like a marriage counseling book. And they all, all these books cover the same types of things. And they're the things that drive the most conflict in relationships. It's about money. It's about kids. It's about expectations as far as family and how much time you spend with family and what you do. Um, religious background and your beliefs. And um, there's several other like social and cultural differences. And we both grew up with very similar backgrounds. We both are one of five, one of five kids. We were the same age order in the kids. All of our siblings were basically the same age. Parents were the same age. Um, very similar cultural background. And all those things can cause conflict in marriage and in relationships. Please don't. Please don't. I'm going to put you down. All those things cause conflict. And so we went through this book together, and it was really encouraging to talk about them and to see where we differed on things and beliefs and in our stances on stuff. Um, but a lot of people, they don't talk about those things until they're married. And then conflict comes up. And they don't know. They don't know where that came from because they didn't take the time to get to know the person that they were marrying. Talking about those things that are deep, um, whether it's foster care. I know with my parents, they, my dad wanted to adopt, and my mom had no interest. And they talked about it five years into marriage and didn't realize that they were in a different place with it. Um, but if you talk about those things and you work through those things, you're able to grow together in them. And you're able to realize that you can win together in those things. You can win together in finances. You can win together in your walk with Christ. You win together as a family, and that's really important. The goal of marriage is oneness and representing God's oneness and um, just his love for us. And we're supposed to love, our love for our spouse is supposed to represent God's love for us. So I'd really encourage you just to get to know the person, like truly get to know them. Don't just date them. Truly get to know their heart and their desires and what their goals are. And God will bless that and God will lead you. All right. Have anything you want to say? No, all right. If anyone has any questions, we're happy to answer it, but these guys are winding down on their patience. Give another hand clap for the Johnsons. That was such an awesome testament. How many, how many of you have seen the Johnsons in church, but you've, always, you've never, like, really talked to them, right? Well, you just got a sneak peek into their life. If you have any questions for the Johnsons and you see them on Sunday, feel free to, like, you know, ask them, like, hey, so, you know, I was interested, like, you know, like, if you're interested, like, how they figured out that they wanted to do foster care. Like, let's say you've never even heard of that. Well, ask them, right? If you're, if you're wondering, like, oh, wow, you guys... Got married at 25. That could be young for some of you. That could be old for some of you. So, of course, you can always ask them, right? They'll, you, they'll, right? They would love for you guys to ask them questions, right? So there are some things I really, uh, that really stood out to me that really fits into the message. Awesome testimony. Let's think, let's think about, you know, how old they were when they met and, and what they had done, right? They were out of grad school, okay? There was a lot they already had figured out about themselves, and they felt like they were at a place where they were mature, right? Um, how many of you are still waiting to graduate grammar school? Like you haven't graduated, my bad, middle school. How many of you have graduated? So how many of you have graduated middle school? Raise your hand. You're in high school. How many high schoolers, all right? Okay, cool, cool. We got some high schoolers here. Yep, represent. You guys are like, like if you're 15, you're still 10 years removed from the time where they, where they met, right? And it takes a long time for people to mature. There's a lot of things going on that gets you to that place where you're mature. Will was talking about how he, he, he really, for the, like three years before he met Hannah, the Lord was really working on his heart and getting him to a place where he, he trusted Jesus, where he was, he was loving the Lord uh, with obedience and commitment, right? A way that, you know, he would have to love someone else, and this is what I want to focus on is today I want to talk a little bit about single living, right? Everybody say single living. Everybody say single ladies. Oh, the single ladies. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to degrade myself. All right. So the truth is before you want to be uh, with a godly person, you have to be a godly person. Before you want to be with a mature person, you have to be a mature person. And that's the truth. Before you, like, if, if, like, imagine, you know, if you, like, even talking about friendships here, right? Let's say you want a really good friend, 
but you're one of the worst friends ever. How many of you know you ain't going to really have good friends, right? That's why messy people stick with messy people because they like messes, right? Gossipers stick with other gossipers so they can continue to gossip. Liars stick with other liars because they would like when they all lie. They all like to lie together, right? So that's what we have to understand is that if you want to be with a godly person in a relationship, even right now, a lot of you guys should be thinking about friendships. You got to be a godly person. You got to be an honest person. You got to be a person with integrity. You got to be a person that isn't gossiping, that tells the truth, that keeps secrets is, uh, that can be confided in. You have to be that type of person. You essentially have to be the person that you would desire to have in your life. And the Bible tells us what a godly man should look like. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. So it's no secret, like, a lot of people, um, they kind of are like, oh, I wonder, you know, what this person's going to be or that person's going to be. You know, I wonder who my future husband's going to be or my future wife's going to be. Listen, stop wondering. Just look in the Scripture. The Scripture will tell you who that person should be. I remember before uh, I was dating uh, Karina, Right? I liked her for a long time, but she didn't like me, okay? And it was very, very hard for me. But, you know, at times I just kind of backed up and I said, you know what? She doesn't even like me. I'm not even going to pursue this. And I would go into prayer and I would, like, you know, ask the Lord, like, what, what should I look for? And what, like, what is my wife going to be like, right? And then he would just point me to the Bible and be like, come on now. It's right there. This is the type of woman you want in your life, a woman that represents my ways and, and the scripture that I've given you, right? So right here in Peter, First Peter chapter 5, 5 through 9, it says, In the same way, you who are younger, speaking about men, uh, submit yourselves to the elders. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Few things. Everybody say, clothe yourself with humility. Everybody say, with humility. All right, how many of you got some fresh J's on and a coat of humility? Right? How many of you have got your humility on? Right? Now, listen, humility is not something you actually physically put on. Right? Paul is making kind of like a, a, a metaphor, right? or he's, he's using kind of a personification. He's personifying or he's making humility almost like a clothing, something that you put on. And he's saying that men should, younger men should clothe themselves with humility and be humble towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So first thing a young man should have is humility, right? Humility. A young man should have hum uh, humility. Continues on, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that in due time he may lift you up. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled. Everybody say self-controlled. Everybody say self-controlled. That's right. Everybody say, keep your hands to yourself. Working in a school from pre-K to eighth grade, not one of those grades know how to keep their hands to themselves. Just everywhere. Just touching people in the head, right? Hitting people in the bottom, kicking people in the shin. I'm just like, what is going on? All right? So have self-control. That is, these are some things that young men are supposed to have, okay? So humility, self-control. Let's go to Titus chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. Titus chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, says right here, similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled again, and everything set them an example by doing what is good, and your teachings show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us, right? So that's important to understand, is that the Bible's telling us, that our, we should be doing good. We should be doing good. We should be doing good to the point that no one has anything bad for, for other people to say about them, right? So young men should be above reproach. That means above rebuke. That means people shouldn't even think about this guy doing something wrong, okay? Because he's above reproach. And above all, young men should fear God. So self-controlled, uh, re, uh, self, uh, humble, self-controlled, then they have to have a good reputation and fear God. That is a four characteristics young men should have, and that's something I'm not even talking about just dating. This is, again, if you're a young man here, this is what you should strive to have. If you're a guy and you want to be like, man, I want to live like Jesus, 
four ways that you should be living like Jesus. You should have self-control. That means if you're a guy, you shouldn't be looking at every girl that walks by. You shouldn't be thinking every single thought that comes to your mind. You shouldn't be uh, going to every website. You should have self-control. You shouldn't just say whatever comes to your mind. If you're a guy, you should be humble. You shouldn't think of yourself as all that and, and come across as arrogant and cocky. And you should be humble. You should have a lowly attitude. You should have a good reputation. You shouldn't act one way over here and act another way over there because guess what? How you act in one of those places is going to get to another person and your reputation is going to look pretty bad. So you want to have a good reputation. And the only way to do any of this really is to fear God. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One. So when you fear God, you have wisdom. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. You can have self-control. You're obviously going to be humble. You are going to have a good reputation because you're not doing it for other people. You're doing it because you love God. Here's the issue when you don't have self-control. So, young ladies, if you are thinking, man, you know what? I want guy friends in my life. I want, you know, let's say you're not even thinking about dating. Some of you shouldn't even be thinking about dating, you you know, for another 20 years, okay? Bree. No, I'm just kidding, Bree. All right? So, when you are looking at a friend that's a guy, okay, you should be looking at how he acts, right? Where his eyes are going right? If you're with him and another girl walks by and all of a sudden his eyes start wandering with that girl, you should probably be like, man, this guy's pretty sick. I shouldn't be hanging out with him, right? If you're with a guy and he just says the first thing that comes to his mind that's an insult towards you or towards anyone, right? Maybe you shouldn't hang out with him. Let's say your friend, you keep hearing a bunch of things about him and you're like, man, dude, I heard you, you, got, I heard you lied about this you just told me you were here, but you lied about that. You know, you start to see this reputation building around him. Shouldn't be around him, right? And then let's say he's arrogant. You have good advice for him. Other people have good advice for him. People that are with him, he kind of like shuns because he thinks they're too good for them. Maybe you shouldn't hang out with him. And then he doesn't fear God at all, right? He acts one way in elevator or in church or with his parents, but a complete other way with his friends and, uh, you know, people that are their age doesn't fear God, shouldn't be around him. So listen, guys, a young man should have those attributes. If they don't, they're not the people that you want in your life. Maybe those are the people that you preach to, people you try to witness to, but not the people you befriend and get real close to, okay? That's just the truth. Now, the thing the Bible also tells us about godly women and what a godly woman should look like. So let's go to... 1 Timothy chapter 2, 9 through 15. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 to 15. So 1 Timothy chapter 2, 9 to 15 says, also, I also want women. This is Paul speaking, right? So Paul is speaking about how women should be, all right? I know some of you may be feminists and be like, how could Paul, a man, tell me, a woman, how I should be? Because the Lord, amen? The Lord, because the Lord is guiding this guy. That is why. So I'm not going to go around telling you how to be a woman, right? I'm going to let the Bible tell you how to be a woman. Verse 9 says this, I also want women to dress modestly. Everybody say modestly. With decency and propriety. That means, uh, and I want to make sure I get another, I'm going to get a better word for propriety, propriety. Propriety, sorry, I don't know why I'm saying it like that. First Timothy. Let's actually get it in the, let's get it in the NLT. So if you can pull, do you have the NLT up there? I want to get a better word for you guys. Because propriety is just uh, not a word we use, right? Well, that's the other word, decency. But propriety is like almost the same thing, right? It's like, like just like self-respect. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll use that, self-respect. That's a good word. So decency and self-respect. Okay, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. I'm going to stop right here, okay? The Bible says to dress modestly. But what does it say to put on? Was anyone paying attention? 
the Bible says to dress modestly, but what does it say to put on? It says decency and propriety, which we're going to call self-respect. Now, can someone show me the newest, the newest uh, line of decency? Can someone show me the newest line of propriety? You can't, because Paul is not speaking about fashion. He's speaking about a mindset. Similar to what he told the men, how they have to clothe themselves with humility, and how the Bible talks about clothing yourself with Jesus Christ. See, Paul's talking about women should have a certain mindset. What gold in that time, and, and of course, you know, uh, the Bible also has a description of women that are beautiful, right? And they have gold earrings and everything, and different cultures had that as well. But in this context, Paul's saying, don't wear braided hair, gold, or pearls, or expensive clothes, uh, because Paul doesn't want them to just draw attention to themselves, and uh, basically, he doesn't want them to draw attention to themselves, and not to d- distract people, right? But not to make it all about them, but to be modest, to be humble, right? Because, like, like imagine, you know, someone comes into church, and even guys or girls, this, should, this is applicable for really anybody, right? And they got, like, three, they got, like, a gold chain, right? They got the shades, they got everything, they're just decked out, right? And everyone else is poor, dirt poor, like, literally dirt poor. Like, I got holes in my shoes, Right, my eye hasn't stopped twitching since Wednesday, right? And this guy comes over here and he has his cane too. And then he just looks at me and then just keeps walking, right? Like like Paul doesn't want that. Paul wants us all to be focused on Christ. So the 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 focus here for a woman that's dressing modestly is decency and propriety. That means she has to be a decent person, she has to be a good person person. The mindset should be good. Her mind should be healthy. Her mind should be humble and focused on the Lord. It says right here, uh, shouldn't be focused with all these these things, right? Like gold, pearls, expensive clothes, whatever. Girls can be focused on makeup. Kylie Jenner's new whatever. Uh, You know, I don't know. I hope you guys don't listen to this dude, but Ray Charles' new lineup or whatever. I don't know. Ray Charles. (laughs) Ray Charles. James Charles. James, I said Ray Charles. No, whatever that dude, that dude who thinks he's a chick, right, that does makeup, that guy right there, okay? Shouldn't be focused on all these things, but instead, you should be focused on good deeds, okay? That's important, right? A woman should not, uh, a young woman, right, old woman, whatever, a woman should not be focused on everything that's external, but should have a mindset that's focused on good deeds, and that's a big thing. This is appropriate for women who profess. That means they claim to worship God. It says, continuing, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith Love and holiness with propriety or self-respect, right? And now, let me help you guys understand this real quick. Women in that time could not really read. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, the Bible being sexist. Actually, the Bible right here is teaching women. It's in a place where women can learn. Women could not learn in that time. The Bible now, uh, Paul and, and the churches, they put women in the same place as men to learn. How many of you know in class, right, I got, a, I, got a lot of, I got a couple of Bible classes that I teach, and I'm trying to teach them, and sometimes they're talking, and the people that are talking never learn anything, and then when it comes to the test, they just fail the test, and I'm just like, well, you were talking. You can't learn while you're talking. You have to be quiet, zip the lip, and listen to the teacher. That's what you have to do, and then why do we learn? What's the purpose of learning? Eventually, what do you do? You teach it. You teach it. So, yes, Paul is permitting women to learn here, but we see in other points of the scripture, women end up teaching. So we have to understand is that God was trying to make a place for women and men to worship together, right? And God was leading him to do that. So when we look at this scripture, we have to notice a few things, right? Women, they should be modest, 
okay? What does that mean? It's not just they should wear, like, a straight hijab, only see your eyes, make sure you don't flash them ankles, okay? I'm not saying that, okay? All right? It is good to make sure that you dress yourself in a way that is not uh, trying to bring attention on yourself. That's for sure, right? 100%, I believe the scripture supports that. I also... If you, I also believe men should do the same thing, right? Like imagine I come, in, I come into church, well, that wouldn't really be that much of anything anymore, right? Maybe when I was like 18 or, or 17 and I used to work out and play basketball looking at my wife because she's just like, sure, okay. Yeah, yeah, see, because like you think, man, let me just show up my muscles and show everything, right? No, you're trying to bring attention to yourself, right? So guys, we should be humble. We should have also modesty, right? But women... Be modest, not in just how you dress, but you have to put on modesty, put on decency, have good deeds, be submissive. Listen, I'm going to tell you this real quick, right? If you are not submissive, life will go harder for you, all right? And this, the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about women submitting. We can't ignore that. I know that's hard for most women, right? Because when I look across right now, I see a lot of Latina women, and, you know, the stereotype is, you know, no one's going to tell you what to do. You do whatever you want to do. Why? Because you're Latina, right? I grew up with Puerto Ricans my whole life, and I was just annoyed with them by the time I was 10, just being honest. Puerto Ricans, Puerto Rican women, when I was younger, I'm not talking about godly women, okay? I'm talking about the ones that they go to the Puerto PR Fest, and they think they're the best thing that ever happened since Hot Cheetos, okay? That's who I'm talking about right now. Submission is good. Matter of fact, right, even men are called to submit. And what was I just talking about? Humility. Men are called to submit to other men. Submissive women are called to be in the church. So we have to understand this. And I'll give you an understanding. When you have friends, let's say, because guys, most of you guys here shouldn't be thinking about dating, okay? Maybe another 20 years, Nathan. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right? You shouldn't be dating a dating, but you're thinking about having a friend that's a girl. I'm telling you this right now. If your, girl, your friend is not modest, right, people are going to disrespect her. That's just the truth. I had lots of friends in high school that were girls, uh, and I had friends that were that, guys that were friends with them. And I remember one time, a friend who brought me to church, this church, Elevate, actually, one of our friends walked by, and I had a, I had a crush on her, but I respected her. But my friend, right, and I'm trying to make myself seem good. I was not good. I was bad. I was a sinner, right? But I was going to church trying to get right. I just didn't know how to, you know? So I'm over here just chilling. Girl walks by. I say, hey, what's up? And then he's like, man, wouldn't you look at that? And he just says a bunch of things. And I'm just like, wait, what? You just brought me to church, right? So we have to understand this girl was actually dress modest. You should, if, you, if I could tell you, if I could show you, if you could hear what guys say about girls that don't dress modest, they just view them like objects, they just literally view them like pieces of meat, and that's just the truth. You want to say, well, guys need to change. Well, isn't that why we're in church? Guys do need to change. Men do need to, to show some type of respect, but the truth is that's just not how it is in the world. A woman who does not respect herself, she will not be respected by men, and that's the truth. Now, how a woman dresses, we're not talking about rape. A woman shouldn't be raped no matter how she dresses but a woman will be respected on how she respects herself. That's the case for men, too. If a man doesn't respect himself, he won't be respected. These are, this is how people work. And if a woman is not focused on good deeds and she's just focused on how she looks, she's going to be boring. You're not going to want her to be on your friend. That's just the truth. You have nothing to offer the world if you're just focused on how you look. You have nothing to offer society if you're just focused on how you look. You have nothing to offer the church if you're just focused on how you look. If all you do is watch Netflix, listen to gossip, and then all of a sudden you come to church thinking you have something to offer. You have nothing to offer. Nothing. Be focused on good deeds. How can I serve people? How can I help people? Some of the greatest people in the world are women who put others first. Anybody got a good mom here? Right? They are women that are not focused on how they look, but they're focused on putting a meal on the dinner table sometimes, focused on doing things that are actually good and help others, right? And then submission. When speaking of friend, uh, going past friendships, right? 
How many people are in a relationship? I'm not speaking of polynamorous, whatever weird stuff is going on here. We're two people, right? Two people, amen? We love God here. Two people, all right? How, and now, let's think about this, right? You got two people. Let's say one person wants to make a decision, but the other person wants to make another decision. Do they just not make a decision? <laughs> oh, well, let's just not do anything, right? Let's say they, they want to figure out where to go to eat. One person wants to go get tacos. The other person wants pizza. They can't, let's say they don't got that much money, though. Let's just be honest. Let's just be real with you guys. Once you guys start dating, you're not going to have that much money. Truth, well, maybe, maybe I'll get another job. I'm not going to speak that over you. But truth is, right, you're going to want to spend wisely. One person wants tacos. One person wants pizza. How do you decide? Well, someone has to submit. Someone has to say, babe, you know what? We'll get tacos tonight. We'll get pizza tonight, right? And if you're the man, right, you may want to just say whatever you want, babe, because then eventually they're saying, well, I don't know, and then you get to sneak in the tacos or the pizza, right? That's just a tip, right? Pro tip right there. But either way, the truth of the matter is a woman should have modesty, clothe themselves with modesty, decency. They should be focused on good deeds. That's what it means. Focused on good deeds. What can you do for the Lord? What can you do for the church? What can you do for your friends? Those are the best people to be around, period. It's when someone is focused on good, not just themselves. And if I can have Daryl come up to the keys and the altar workers, please. And here's the ultimate goal. If we can go to Matthew chapter 6, 33. Because I, I brought up, this is how you're to live when you're single. I'm even talking about before you have a relationship. You need to focus on yourself. Be, not focus on yourself. Focus on Christ as you build up yourself. You want to make sure that you're looking at other people. Like, for example, older men like Will, right? Older men, even like myself, right? Older men like Jason, Daryl, right? And you see Oscar, TJ, right? We, we're, we're at that, we're getting to that age, right? Well, they're already, what, you, well, how old are you, TJ? 22? Yeah, he's about 10 years older than some of you, right? So that means, guys, a lot of the mistakes you made, right, you could learn from TJ, right? Like you can learn from some of his mistakes. You can learn from some of his victories, right? Daryl, Daryl, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 36. Man, you look good, bro. Man, you look good, man. Come on. That's right. Fear the Lord. All right. So he is 36. Brandon, how old are you? How old are you, Nathan? 13, right? So young men, you should look at older guys and be like, man, dude, what can I learn from you, right? Because what if, I mean, I hope that you guys, right, right, if you do hope to be married, right, it would be in the confines of the Lord, right, speaking to all the guys here, and maybe you should talk to people that have done it, right? Talk to people that did it right. And that way, you can get some wisdom from them. And then let's say, man, you just, I'm not even talking about dating. I just want to be right. I want to be humble. How do I be humble? How, do, how can I be, uh, how can I have self-control? I know as a young guy, man, that was the hardest thing to have self-control. My eyes went everywhere. My hands went everywhere. My thoughts went everywhere. How could I control? I wish I had someone like a Daryl, right? Like a TJ, like an Oscar, like Jorge. Right? Like Jason, I wish I had someone I can talk to to be like, man, how can I have self-control? So, guys, figure that out, right? Talk to them. Talk to us. And then, ladies, let's say you are like, man, what does it even mean to be modest? How can I have good deeds? I'm kind of like everybody in my family, everybody in my friends, they're always focused about what guys they can get with or what guys they're talking to or all this kind of like immature stuff. I want to be around mature people. It's, you're never too young to be around mature people. So get around some mature women that can teach you things, right? Like, for example, Karina, she's 25, right? How old are you, Nitsi? 17. That's eight years, right? And age doesn't equal wisdom or maturity, right? But there's been a lot of experience that my wife could show you in the Lord or Jocelyn could show you in the Lord, right? Gia, Olivia, you guys can learn so much because all this... Everything that we're learning as single people, there's only one goal in mind, and that is to seek the kingdom of God. To seek the kingdom of God. We need to seek his kingdom first. We're not seeking relationships first. We're not seeking, uh, you know, 
uh, attention first. We're not seeking anything but his kingdom first. And that means Christ is at the center. So everything you do, it's going to be related to Christ. That means dating. That means relationships. That means friendships. Everything should return back to Christ. What is Jesus? What are Jesus' thoughts on this? What's Jesus' way for this? And eventually there will be a time if you're seeking God's kingdom. It says right here, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be given to you as well. That means you keep seeking his kingdom until God brings someone else that's seeking his kingdom. Right? There's a saying, and I didn't come up with it, but you're going to run after God so hard right, and so fast that the only people you're going to pay attention to are the people that are running just as fast and just as hard. So when you look to your right, then you're going to see someone, hey, man, like you're following God. I'm following God. Man, I really am doing this for the right reason. You're really doing this for the right reason, just like Will and Hannah. Will and Hannah, they were completely focused on what God was doing for them, and it just so happened they weren't looking for anybody, then boom, God brought them together. And Will uh, Will pursued Hannah, and the rest was history, right? Now they're doing awesome things for the Lord. They're on one mind. So that's what it's all about. If you guys can all stand, please. But the first thing we need to do is fear God before we do any of this. Because you'll have no wisdom in this life if you don't fear God. You'll have no type of idea. I mean, there's people that have come through these doors and elevate, and they got pregnant by the wrong person. Just being honest. Right? There's people that come through these doors and young women that come through these doors trying to follow Jesus, right? Then all of a sudden, right, they get swept away by some guy. Next thing you know, 10 guys later, right, they don't know what to do. I'm telling you right now, yes, people make mistakes, but you guys are at a point where you don't really have to make the hard mistakes. You guys don't. You guys can learn now from other people's stories. You can learn now from other people's uh, victories, right? You can learn now from the scripture and be like, you know what? I'm not going to fall for some guy who says the right things, but he's completely the wrong person, right? Guys, you can, you can say right now, man, just because she looks good doesn't mean she is good, right? You can say that right now, and you can have that wisdom in your life, but you got to fear God first, right? You got to fear God. He's the one, man. Like, listen, hell is real. And sin will destroy you. You want to you shun that stuff. You want to say no to that stuff. Because God won't accept any of that. See, God wants someone who has given their heart to them, given your heart to him, and is willing to receive whatever he has to give. Amen? So you guys can all bow your heads and close your eyes. The altar calls to be simple. Listen, if you lack self-control as a young man, right, or a young woman, If you are not humble in this place as a young man or a young woman, if you do not think modestly, right? If you do not, if you want all the attention, right? If your life is not focused on good deeds, instead it's just focused on what you look like and who you are. It's for men and women because sometimes there's men that act like that too. Listen, you need to fear God. You need to get your mind right with Jesus. Life is more than what you eat, what you wear, what you drink. Life is more than what you, who you date. Life is about the kingdom of God. And if that hasn't been your mindset in this place, then you need to make it your mindset now. As Daryl sings, I want you guys to come up, but pray right now. Lord, and ask him, Lord, am I right with you right now? Have I been seeking your kingdom? Have I been seeking your righteousness? Have I been self-controlled? Have you been looking at porn in this place? You have no self-control. If you don't know how to watch your eyes, you have no self-control. Hallelujah, Lord. God, begin to speak to our hearts in this place, God. Begin to convict us, God. Lord, I pray for victory in every young man's life right now over things like porn, over things like lust, God. 
Lord, I pray for humility in this place, God. I pray for decency, self-respect in the minds of every person here, Lord, that they would put you first, that they would fear you, God. Hallelujah. Lord God, we pray right now, Father, for a new heart. A new heart in these people, Lord. God, if there are people here that are opposed, God, that are prideful, Lord, we pray that they would surrender. They would bow their knee to you, Jesus. Father, we pray for those that have surrendered to you, Lord, that you would keep them, that they would trust in your word, Lord, that they would shun evil for the rest of their days, God. Hallelujah. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant. I know Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your wisdom, Lord. God, we trust you, Lord. We trust you with the way that we are, our personalities, our character. God, we trust you, Lord, with all that we are, God. All that we, every, every dream, God, every ambition, Lord, let it come under your kingdom. Father, we pray that you would just prepare every person's heart in this place, Lord. Not just for relationships, God, but Lord, for every purpose you have in their life, Lord. Every ministry, God, every job, every career, every person that they are to minister to, Lord. I pray, God, you will prepare them now, Lord. God, prepare them, Lord, with self-control, with every fruit of the Spirit, God. We praise your name, Lord. Have your way in their hearts, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You guys are dismissed, but you can stay for prayer.